God, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to work through this sheet really quick. So, Father, I pray that you would bless this time, bless our ears to hear your word. Father, I pray that you would speak through me, and that I would not be getting in the way. And I pray for your presence to be here with us. And God, we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I've got a message called, um, Help Our Unbelief. And it's from a familiar scripture in uh, Mark 9. And I have basically the whole thing here. And I've asked Renee, is she in here? There she is. Yeah, come on. Renee is going to read this because I don't read out loud well this much. So Renee does. All right. Mark nine fourteen through 24. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If I can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only, can come out only by prayer. Thank you. Thank you for reading. Yeah, you'll notice uh, some, some translations say prayer and fasting. Um, but I guess the oldest manuscripts they have just say prayer. So that's why this one says that. I've got a really simple message here today, guys. Very simple. Which is this. That we are in a crisis of faith as a church, I believe. And the answer is Jesus. <laughs> Amen. I think that's it. No, We'll expand it a little bit. But that's basically this whole message which is kind of like the whole message I had last week, um, which is Jesus is still on the throne no matter what happens. I've been realizing um, 
this is kind of a harsh word, I think, but I want you to understand that um, it's not harsh, it's hard. I think it's a hard word. Um, but it's meant to build our faith or help our unbelief, as you will. And I'm definitely talking to myself. So it's not me standing up here going, you bunch of, you know. So if I say something hard, I'm including myself in this matter, okay? Maybe mostly me, <laughs> okay? So it's not, a, it's not that way. But we're looking at this story here of a complicated interaction of a man, a, desperate, a demon-possessed child, Jesus, Jesus' followers, other people. It's, it's a complicated story, and it's really about a person suffering, suffering from real demons, and Jesus really driving these demons out. But we're going to use this to help us understand maybe how we are approaching crises of faith in our own life or in our own culture right now as a church in this country, but also uh, in general and when it applies to demons specifically, okay? So there's kind of, we're going to break this into three categories, and I want us to just look at the three different, I, I call them characters, but you hear what I mean by that. I believe this is a true story, so saying character can make it sound like it's a fable or something. But I want us to look at the father and his situation and interaction. Then I want to look at the disciples or Jesus' Jesus's followers, their situation, and then Jesus himself, okay? I'm going to go through this quickly. So the father is coming, and he needs something impossible done. He has an impossible problem that needs to be solved by, uh, uh, by God. And so he's coming. Uh, he's desperate. He's tried things. He doesn't, this, this doesn't work. You know, we've talked about this even recently in the past and, and, and other times. And um, So he kind of comes to the, to the right thing. You know, like nothing works. So he goes, okay, this Jesus person and his followers are driving out demons. So this is, I'll go to them. And so... They should be able to help him, but they can't. And so this moves us into the second category. The disciples, which if we follow Jesus, we would fit in this category, okay? This is why I think this might come off as a hard word. See, now these guys are trying their best, right? And they've actually been sent. If you look back in Mark 6... 6 through 7 talks this. It says, Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. What is this inside this child? An impure spirit. Do they have authority over that based off what I just read? Yes. So when they're trying to drive this demon out, by their perception, should it have worked? Yes. <laughs> Did it work? No. Here's the question. Is Jesus okay with this? Let me read his response. You unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Does he sound okay with it? No, he's not okay with it. So here you've got people claiming to follow Jesus, acting on Jesus' behalf, doing something Jesus has given them authority to do, and it doesn't work. 
and Jesus is not okay with it. This is the hard part, okay? <laughs> because I think this is it. Our actions, as we act on behalf of Jesus, as we should, and as he's commissioned us to do, those actions affect how the rest of the world sees Jesus. I'm not saying it's the only thing, but it matters. And Jesus cares. Not that his name is going to be damaged or something like that. But, like, what are you doing? What, that's what I hear in this. Like, what are you doing? Not, what? This makes me look bad. Jesus is not worried about this sort of thing. Jesus is never worried about that sort of thing. Okay? He's God, okay? So he doesn't have to prove himself to anyone, you know? And you see that repeatedly. We're not going to get into that right now. But I don't think you want to say, when we talk about the jealousy of God, it's not motivated out of this kind of, like, self-absorbed thing that we do, you know? God is different than that. God is not saying to his disciples, quit making me look bad, you bunch of jerks. He's saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, why, what is happening here? Are you following me or not? You know, what is this? Bring the boy to me, and I'm going to deal with it. And I think you can see, like, you can see how their actions affect uh, people's perception of Jesus in kind of two ways. One, there's a crowd arguing. So that's not great. And then the other thing is you see it in the words of the Father. Because when Jesus asks him, like, how long has this been going on, or what is this kind of thing, he says, the Father's like, look, it's really bad. But if... You can do anything, take pity on us, and, or take pity on us and help us. Which Jesus has an issue with that as well, because he says, if. But why is he saying if? And I think, if, and we're going to go back again to the Father. I think if I'm the Father, I hear the news, hey, Jesus guy is healing people like your son. Then this man, I think, is, is uh, living, an on, like he's living a normal life like we are. And life has brought him an impossible situation, as life tends to do in this fallen world that we live in. And so he's working to deal with it however he can, much like we talked a couple weeks ago with the woman with the issue of blood. It said literally that time she had literally done everything she could. I think this guy's kind of in the same boat, you know, because he's like, I don't know how to help my child. I'm trying to. I'm desperate for this. You know, he's probably done everything he can. Um, and, you know, called out to God and everything. He's done, he's like, like we are when we've reached the end of everything we have. But good news, there's a guy dealing with these things. Let's go. So he goes up and then he, he, he's not here right now, but don't worry. His followers are here and they're doing the same thing. It's like, great, great. Now, he's not hit a crisis of faith yet, has he? He's like, yeah, let's do it. Go for it. And then it doesn't work. Then he says, if. So what I'm saying is when we act on behalf of Jesus and fail, it causes other people to doubt God. Or if we start to play church, people watch and they'll go, you're just the same as the rest of us. This whole, is this whole thing, you know, but I want to be clear, I don't think it, we don't have to be worried about making Jesus look bad, okay? And I'll say it like this, because we'll move to Jesus as the third person we're talking about. What is, what is Jesus doing 
while this is happening, while the boy is brought to the disciples and they can't heal him, where is Jesus at that moment? Does anyone know? Look back up the column on your Bible. It says Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, which is in his earthly ministry, one of, if not the probably most prominent, this is God moments of his life. He stands up there. He's transformed into like a glowing person. And Moses and Elijah come and are talking with him. That's what's happening at the same time these guys can't heal or drive out the demon in Jesus' name. So is the problem with Jesus? No, it is not. Again, this is the hard part. And is Jesus worried in this moment? Because they're happening at about the same time or maybe exactly the same time. Is Jesus worried about that making him not look like God? I don't think at all. Like at all. But then he comes back from this mountain to this situation. And he's not too happy about it. And so the crisis of faith, what happened? Why didn't this thing work? You know, what, why do we fail, God? What is this whole thing? You know, how do we do better? You know, okay, fine, Brian, I get it. I'll try harder. It's like, no, this isn't it, you know. <laughs> I want to tell you about something that I think that this is, uh, this is where I think God wants us to land on this. Because the, uh, the Father gives us the window into how this all um, works. That's why it goes back to him. When Jesus, he's like, look, I'm just, I just want my son healed. If you can do anything, can you please do it? Jesus is like, if? And Jesus says to him back this, everything is possible for one who believes. And Fleming Rutledge, who I mentioned a couple weeks ago, she had said this, that you read through this, that uh, there's a lot of people that say this is the greatest expression of faith in the Bible because of the honesty involved in it. And it's interesting because it also credits God entirely with everything, that not only does Jesus... Jesus is Jesus gives the birth to faith because the, the um, he like the interaction goes like this. He says, "If you can do anything, what is anything?" He's like, "I just want my son healed." You know, Jesus doesn't go, "Your son can be healed if you believe." You know, he says stuff like that to other things. This one, he says, "Everything is possible." So it's like the guy's asking for like this. Okay, it's not it's, it's impossible still, but it's like a a very finite impossibility, if that makes sense. And then Jesus kind of unnecessarily in the interaction opens it up to everything. Well, what do you mean by everything? Like everything. Like what everything? Everything, everything. You know, that didn't have to happen. He could have kept it safe, okay? But when we're talking about faith, and the kind of faith like in the end, faith, hope, and love, like that kind of faith, this sort of faith that comes only from God, Jesus gives birth to that by saying everything, like literally. And second, this faith remains a gift. It's not something you can just try harder to have because the guy says the prayer of, the pr- of this whole thing. <laughs> Look, I do believe, but help my unbelief, okay? So why didn't this work? It's interesting because... This story tells us, in verse 28, it says, After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? 
29, Jesus replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. So I was like, what is this all about? So I looked up this word in the Greek. And um, I found something really amazing. I don't speak Greek, but I believe this is pronounced, it's a Greek word pronounced prosuske, something like that. And the definition of this word is prayer. <laughs> there's no mysteries here. This is what I've, I was like, oh my gosh, like there's not like, I thought surely there'll be some kind of, you know, there's not. That's the answer. Now, what you need to do, though, we have to look. So, like, you start asking, like, so uh, I think you can take this in two different ways, okay? You can see this as a rebuke. Like, you're like, well, are these guys not praying, you know? Um, and I guess that's a way to take it, which is fine. But what I heard from this is like what he says to the Father, Everything is possible for one who believes. You can kind of put this into here. Everything is possible for those who pray. So this is an opportunity yet again, because who in this room is able to pray? Every single one of us. Every single one of us. So who in this room do you think can drive out demons? Every single one of us. Even if you're three years old, every single one of us. But here's the thing. In the parallel passage, when I say parallel passage, the Gospels all tell the same story of Jesus' life, but they all focus on different things. Some of them have the exact same story. Some of them have, you know. So when you say parallel passage, meaning this same story is also in Matthew, Matthew 17, they ask him the same question. This is what he says back, verse 20. They say, why did, why did this, why could we not drive it out? And he says, Verse 20, he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Again, nothing and everything. He doesn't have to open the door that wide, but he does. And what Jesus is saying with all of this is you can do it. He's not saying, in the middle, he's saying, what are you doing? Because <laughs> this isn't what it is all about. But he, at the end, he's saying, everything is possible. He's saying, nothing will be impossible for you. For you. Because was the boy healed? Yes. Can Jesus do this sort of thing? Remember, I said we are in a crisis of faith, and the answer is Jesus. That's it. Not church things, not culture wars, not programs, not a great song, not a good podcast, not a good book. It's literally only Jesus. All those other things can help guide us there. But you can't replace Jesus with them, or else the demons don't get driven out. The crisis of faith, I think, is really this. We have a crisis of faith 
Because what Jesus is truly offering to us and what he's truly saying to us is in our minds too good to be true. Jesus is asked the greatest um, commandment. And he says, you know, these things, you know, love your Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like that, to love your neighbor as yourself. Understanding that God is all-powerful or understanding that God can do whatever God wants or understanding God in that capacity can invoke holy fear, which is good. The Bible talks about that kind of fear being the beginning of wisdom. So I'm not saying it doesn't exist. We we talked about Isaiah and the being, you know, oh, no, <laughs> I'm undone. When God shows up, you feel like that, you know, and that, that happens yet today. But the... Uh, that kind of knowledge or understanding of God might not produce in you love. When he calls the greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and out of that, you love your neighbor as yourself. That's a commandment. And again, if God is as all-powerful as I just described, he could just tell you you have to do that, and you could fake it maybe, but don't you think God would know? But what I think our crisis of faith is coming in the same as we ended that last song. That we can't, con we can't conceive. And I'm even saying this standing here right now. I'm trying to, in my mind, get there. And it just, I just can't, you know, get the whole picture. It's just not possible. We can't conceive how good what God is offering is. The fact that the God who made everything loves each and every one of us individually is not fathom, like it's hard to fathom that. You see, and like I said, the story of the Bible is us messing things up and God fixing them. And the story of Jesus is he's showing us the links at which he's willing to do that. The Bible says you can't have greater love than to give your life for your friend. And Jesus has shown us that he has greater love for each and every one of us. And we just tend, to, we, we just doubt it over and over and over again. And when we do that, we make Jesus look bad and the demons aren't driven out. But when we believe it, all things are possible. But this faith is a gift. Okay? This faith is, this faith is uh, not something we can just try harder to have. And Jesus gives us the answer in this thing. This kind can come out only by prayer. F Fleming Rutledge talked about this, and she said that, you know, when I mentioned um, about Jesus invoking the faith and then, and then responding that it's a gift from him, it's not something you can just conjure up or something like that. He when the Father responds with, I believe, but help my unbelief, she says this, I'm just going to read it, in this life there will never be a time when we will not need to say to the Lord, help my unbelief. So let me let you off the hook, okay? You're like, okay. I'll, like if you have OCD like me, you're like, okay, I will not unbelieve anymore. You know? <laughs> it doesn't work. You can't just force your way to this thing. This is a gift from the Lord. And in this life, there will never be a time when we will not need to say to the Lord, help my unbelief. 
But Jesus gives us the answer in the end of this. Why could we not drive it out? He replied, this kind could come out only by prayer. And I don't think he's talking about just the demon. Because like he's saying everywhere else, we're focused on the demon. We're always focused on the demon. And he says to him, all things are possible. Not just this. Not that he doesn't care about this. He cares about it quite a bit. He's the only one who can do anything about it. Not just this, all things. And he's saying, why can we not drive it out? And he goes, this kind comes out in prayer and fasting. He's like, not just this, all things. He's saying, this kind of faith comes out of prayer. So I'm going to invite you. He's not meaning just once. And I don't know exactly. Like I said, the Greek word means prayer. That's it. There's no secret meaning. There's no trick. It's time with God. When you're with God, with Jesus, He does something, and this kind of faith comes from it. But I'm going to invite you that if you need faith or an increase of faith, I want you to come forward, and I'm going to pray. I'll pray right now. Father, I pray that you pour out on this congregation and on anyone who comes forward this faith to stand on your behalf and drive out demons through prayer and great faith. Lord, and I pray that you would increase our faith, that we would be known for it and bring glory to your name alone. And in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So come forward if you want while she's singing this song.